All right, man. So I really wanted to get into, uh, and I actually think by the time this airs, the the Mind vs. Muscle team page might be shut down. Um, so you guys can click the link in the description, and if you get accepted in, it's still free. Um, and it's because on the last episode, I said like we only got a week left of that, so we'll see. Um, if not, it's going to be a charged thing. But um, I posted in the team page recently and just asked where people's opinions are of like where they wish the industry would go and where they actually think it is now and like where like what is wrong with that picture um and my first thought was honestly like just trying to and i think it's actually going this way a little bit i have two two concepts of this or two thoughts on this is like the first one was i see the industry starting to flow away from like skinny or being ripped as a healthy image right and like all these cover models and all this stuff that we see um, being the mainstream media and I do see a lot more of like just being lean healthy and just doing this because your life will actually be better (laughs) if you train and eat healthy Um, and then there's the technology side of it which I think we can say for the end but there was a couple people who really got into uh, I don't know if you read some of the stuff but like the medical side of things and how there there really is no correlation between the two and if we look at like cancer and a lot of the stuff we talked about on what the health I think that's mm-hmm. a huge issue. You know what I mean? There's there's no correlation of doctors like prescribing trainers or prescribing nutritionists right. and things like that, which I think is a huge thing that's wrong with this whole picture. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in regards, regards to that, I think that – I think that you've seen a couple who have dabbled in personal training – um, or maybe they, they went to medical school and then became uh, uh, personal trainers because that's where they, maybe they felt that um, they wanted to take a more holistic approach and they could, they could really make a, a more uh, lasting difference, like a real difference, not just prescribing somebody drugs. And not saying that doctors don't prescribe drugs uh, or that they don't – there is a need for that stuff. Um, but I think that where we have to kind of change our minds instead of saying, okay, well, I, I, there's something wrong with me. I, I need to go to the doctor and um, I need to take something for exhausting all of the other maybe natural remedies. And I'm not trying to sound like a hippie or anything like that because I'm, I'm you know, I'm not. I do think that uh, there's a there's a time and a in a place uh, for certain. Um, for things or certain diagnoses, right? So I think that, you know, especially with like pain medication, uh, you see a lot of people who get strung out on that stuff uh, or addicted to it um, who would have normally never touched it or hung out with that sort of crowd, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, done it recreationally. Um, it simply happened uh, just based off of, um, you know, pharmaceuticals and and. and like that so maybe something happened maybe they suffer they're suffering chronic low back pain let's take Steve Kerr for an example uh, head coach of the the Golden State Warriors who had an unnecessary back surgery um, where he had to fuse his spine together and it's actually caused him more pain than what he was in before and there's been a ton of people who have reached out to him like Man, like I wish that you know you you would have came out with you know uh, uh, whatever you were dealing with um, before because you didn't have to take that approach. But he immediately went to that doctor 
because you suffer chronic. I mean, how many athletes out there do suffer chronic pain, especially lower back, shoulders, knees, hips, all that stuff, and then they go and get prescribed pain pain meds or or get shot straight into surgery. So right. that's where I think that we have to make a, a real change. Is the industry going to go down that direction? It, it kind of just depends on if more doctors are going to come out um, of of the of medical school and decide that they want to make uh, a little bit more of a different approach um, on on their practice or um, are enlightened trainers at a younger age, maybe high school or college, decide that you know I might go to med school and become become a doctor and or get my and then go down the the strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, whatever you want to call us, um, go into that industry. So, well, I think that's the issue with it, right? Like, when when something's going on with your body, no matter what it is, you're supposed to be able to call your doctor and get that shit solved. But unfortunately, this is the route they take. And I think what it would actually take is, and maybe it's the mindset of a lot of trainers because a lot of trainers get into training because they love it or they helped somebody change or they had a personal change right. or some kind of factor along those lines whereas I do feel like a lot of doctors actually get into the medical field for money because it's a wealthy it's not a bad <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> so I right. think that's the issue too right when you get out of med school I'm sure you go and I can't speak for all doctors obviously because there are some doctors that care more about helping the patient because of whatever experience and I think that's the biggest key like if you can get more doctors that are real and and gonna tell the truth and help the truth and just try to help people I think you would get more people along those lines because I mean as we know even things like multiple sclerosis diabetes uh, cancer all these things are prescribed so many different types of medications to numb the pain or put a band-aid on something or right. just ease things along when training and nutrition can help so much. Um, so that was like a big, big conversation of a lot of people inside the group talking about that. And, and I completely agree because, well, first of all, I didn't even know about the Golden State coach. So essentially he had a back injury and he, like, what was his issue? Do you know? So um, they, I think they they said, I can't even remember exactly. I was reading this a, a, a long time. Um, that I think it was like some bullshit, like bulging, bulging discs or something like that. And I mean, that's just from playing sports, you're running, you're jumping, you're cutting, you're changing directions. You're in a, you're, um, and you know, back when he was playing, there wasn't too many guys who were doing a lot of strength and conditioning like these guys are now. Um, and even now the, the uh, in professional sports, it their their strength and conditioning coaches, um, I think more often than not are guiding people in the right direction or in the wrong direction. I should say, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen I won't call anybody out, uh, but I have seen some videos of guys recovering from ACL um, or full uh, knee blowouts. Um, uh, of the ligaments and then they come back and they're doing just ridiculous knee collapsing on uh on squats guys squatting on bosu balls and so you have this high profile athlete um who's now uh further risking themselves um you know and then do something that doesn't even translate to the sport uh it's it's just you know to get views and and to get paid at the end of the day and, and coaches pushing their own agenda yeah 100 percent um so with that that all being said, I think that's a completely – and we could probably talk on a whole episode just about the medical field in general. But I think the big takeaway there is 
a lot of us agree that we hope to see the industry take that leap of wellness, nutrition, training, actually playing a big role in curing these diseases and curing these injuries and doing all these things. And and actually, you know what? I think physical therapists might be the bridging gap for that because a lot of trainers yeah. aren't, aren't very outspoken on those things because we aren't like qualified, quote unquote, because right. – and we can get in trouble for that. But physical therapists kind of have – multiple ways and in, in, in ways around that legally, I should say, to make sure that they can do that. So they can manually manipulate people and stuff that, that we can't do. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I fucking hate school. So I, you know, I don't really plan <laughs> on going back and, and, and getting the, that type of uh, certification. Um, but I do see more and more physical therapists, um, you know, take Dr. John Russin for, for example, somebody who started off in that in that it's like, man, I can make a way bigger difference if I go down the strength and strength and conditioning uh, route or or dive into the fitness industry. So um, it's 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 people like that I think who make you know uh, a great uh, a, a great difference and and then to share their knowledge so somebody like us can learn or even just refer out to people and um you know I, a, a lot of people will come to me with with issues and just because i i know um and, and i've done some education on mobility they think that i can fix them you know right away which isn't the case um you know oftentimes i i'll send them to a, a dan swinsco or um when these guys will practice dry needling um or you know just physical therapists that that we work really closely with I'll refer them out first and then get feedback from those guys on on what the issue is and then I can I can program from there. Right. So and, uh, there, there's got to be these these relationships because guys like me aren't going to go back to school and, and and do that sort of education because I have no drive to do it. So I'm going to let somebody else do it. I'm just going to create that relationship and network so that, you know, we can all work together. Right. And even a Cairo works the same way, right? Because if, if somebody goes sees a Cairo and just gets assessed on what is actually dysfunctioning on their body, then I can coach them through that process, right? And I think that's the important thing is because like you said, I can't put my hands on somebody and assess exactly what's going on, but they're not going to spend time training them every single week, especially because most of the clients that we have to go back and forth with, unless it's like a high level sports athlete, those clients really just want to see fat loss or they really just want to build muscle or be more confident. We have to be like, look, you have to do this to get to that next step. So that's, that's definitely a difficult part. Um, Going off of that, like where do I know I answered in the group, but I didn't see you answer. So, in your opinion, where is where do you see the industry going, and where do you wish it was going, or vice versa? So, I see the industry. I so a couple of different platforms as far as physical, you know, face to face training. Um, you know, I do see a lot more facilities um, popping up. You know the, the facility that we coach out, uh, coach out of at, at, at Vigor Ground, where you see the turf, you see the big rigs, you see suspension trainers, you see barbells, kettlebells, clubbells, maces, um, you know all these different pieces of equipment and different tools um, to where coaches can really get creative, um, make uh, group classes more strength based, um, and you know incorporate some boot camps, which has been going on for uh, what the last almost what five ten years or so i'm not exactly sure right um so i think a, a lot more people um because they see that the that the model works um i think that there's 
uh, a lot of people who still need a, uh, a lot of coaching on that, on how to make it work for, for their gym. Um, I think that a lot of people just don't understand it. They're scrambled and stuff like that. Besides the point, though. Um, and then I think that uh, we're going to see a huge boom in online coaching. And, like, there's, there's a good amount of people doing it now. But there's still – majority of the industry is still face-to-face, which is never going re- to be replaced. I know that a lot of people will argue that because of exactly what we're doing right now. We're in two completely different locations talking on a laptop, recording a podcast. And so people are going to get excited or already are excited about that. And they're going to say, okay, well, I can coach and I can have this face-to-face conversation with my client and still feel personal. Uh, personal. And, you know, I can talk to them. I can see how they move and stuff like that. But there's always going to be it's different when it's face to face. Our conversation um, is even different, even though we might not notice it, how we our body language, how we address each other, um, the tone in our voice. Everything is different when we're standing in the same room as you standing in fucking Egypt or wherever the fuck you're at right now. Um, other side of the state and me on the beautiful side of the state uh, the other side of the dress so so thanks but but that's that's right see a lot of people are are gonna go the online coaching and and it's uh i don't know how i feel about it just yet because um i think that a lot of people are trying to get away from uh the face-to-face stuff because they might see that online coaching might be easier Mm -hmm. um the concept might be easier and not deal with a bunch of shit uh but then you have to retention and 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 again a lot of stuff comes from uh people reading you in a in a face-to-face uh environment so um i think that people are going to struggle with the online coaching but we're going to see a huge a huge boom i've had that conversation with a couple people actually is like they tried to push the online coaching because they thought it was going to be easier and as soon as they got clients it stressed them the fuck out and they stopped doing it and they're like man what the hell i thought this was gonna be easier and i'm like right no no it's literally just a, a way to access more people to help more people like it has nothing to do with being mm-hmm. easier but but again that's another topic so the i actually agree a lot with what you said but a slightly different thought process I think the industry is going further and further towards individuality. Like, I think that boot camps and big groups are actually going to slowly lessen and die off. And I think uh, individualization and personal training is going to become a luxury that's very common again. Because back in the day, it used why, to be. Why do you say that? I say that because the more studies that come out, the more results we see, the more things that people are learning, the more people realize that everybody is fucking different and you can't give a generic plan. So I think that online coaching at a high level and I think that personal training more privately at a high level is going to grow together at the same rate. I don't think either one's – because I agree with you 100%. I don't think you can be a successful online coach if you don't coach in person and I don't think that online coaching is going to take over in-person coaching because it's a totally different thing and and there's a big feel to it right but i do think that people are starting to come across the idea that when you create an individualized program nutrition coaching atmosphere the results skyrocket versus going to a big group class now there's nothing wrong with a big group class and i think a combination is always best because there's something about the camaraderie and like the the competition and everything in a group setting that's powerful but when it comes to getting specific results, I just think it takes individuality. And the more apps come out, the more online stuff that comes out, the more they're being able to 
individualize their approach through the app, through whatever it is. So this is what I think about that. I think I think that I think that you're actually you're going in the right direction. I think that what it's going to do, what I hope it does, what I really fucking hope that it does is that it weeds out um, generic. It weeds out all the bullshit changes because when you have to individualize like that in order to in order to eat at the end of the you got to be fucking charging uh you know a solid amount right if you're going to individualize like that Mm -hmm. so whether you do it in a one-on-one setting or a semi-private setting like we do at vigor one-on-one setting you really have to up your prices which means that you need to bring and that means inside and outside of the gym. You should be doing that regardless. But if somebody's paying, you know, uh, you know, five hundred to a grand a month, and there's people who who pay more than that to three hundred dollars a session, um, you you got to level the fuck up. And people are going to realize that you're full of shit um, if you don't continue the education and if you don't bring them results. And 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 it's just how you communicate with that person. Are you fired up? So it's going to weed out a lot of bullshitters if it, if it goes down that path, which it very well could do. Um, and then if you go the semi-private realm, which a lot of people, a lot of coaches, and I know that you and I have both talked to coaches um, via from all over the place uh, who, who have kind of picked our brains on this subject, who are like, well, how the fuck do you do it? How do you train five, six people at the same time? Um, and it's not easy, right? Just like anything else, it might sound easy. And again, like that's the best way probably for you to make, uh, the most money, uh, in this, in this, I should say in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, what am I trying to say? When you're coaching and you know, whether you work for somebody else or you're running your own business or whether you rent space or whatever, if you decide to go the semi-private realm, you have to bounce back and forth between people. So even though it's an individualized program, and you, but you might be training five people that's at the same time, everybody just wants to, and, and we both have clients like this who they'll hustle their face off. They don't really want to talk that much, but then you got the opposite end of the spectrum to where there's people who just really want to the personal out of the personal training, yeah. right? They don't necessarily want to come in and lose 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 pounds. They just want to come in and, and, and be listened to, right? So that's where, you know, stuff gets, it's, it's really draining. So I think that people are just trying to find the easiest route, what works best for me. At the end of the day, it will work. And I think that when it goes down that, that path, that it's going to weed out a lot of bullshitters, um, which is just going to make the industry. So again, and, and we both we both use this phrase, man. You know, slow down to speed up. I think that the that the fitness industry is gonna is gonna do that. It's sort of a, a revolution a revolution to speak of. Yeah, and 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 I think that's already happening because if you listen to a lot of, I mean, shit, you listen to us, you listen to other podcasts, mm-hmm. you listen to a lot of YouTube guys, a lot of a lot of people who are growing on Instagram and across. And I say all these social medias because that's really it's today's age that's the news right that's where you find your information and people are speaking out on the bullshit and on the generic plans and on the generic trainers and on the people who don't really know what the fuck they're talking about or the people who are just providing what they do and that's the only thing they know and they don't actually know how to coach or individualize anything so yes that stuff still goes on but more people like 
revolting against it, I guess you could say, like are coming out. And I think that's going to just slowly lead us down that path of more individuality. And I think that's huge. Right. So, so I totally agree. I think that I agree with the, so for me, like technology wise, I do see online coaching growing in a whole different way. So actually, most definitely, I think, uh, so exercise.com is, is a good example of this. Um, they actually, I just had one of their reps email me and ask, like kind of pitching me on sales to like get their program, their app into my website for my coaching, which is cool. It just means like my website is reaching people. But, um, I think that that because like their examples half the people that use that that app are they own gyms like mike boyle and all these people and it makes sense so i see technology not only in like evolutionizing online coaching but just everything so when you leave the gym you know exactly what you need to do for recovery for training you have accountability you have your nutrition set up everything will be literally through and now heart rate variability is coming out even like uh hrv just came out with a new system that's even further along have you seen this with the camera on your phone uh what is it called? Is it Morpheus? I don't know what he. I, I want to say Joel Jameson is doing it, but yeah, yeah. so essentially, yeah, like, so you, he just launched. Uh, yeah, Morpheus, I believe. You put your finger on the camera of your phone. I don't know exactly how it works. So, but, so uh, instead he was of just in the, he was in vigor not too long ago, I okay. heard him talking about it. Yeah, so instead of wearing a heart rate strap on your chest you would actually put your thumb on your fucking camera of your phone and it reads your heart rate variability for you. So like talking. I mean, about- that sounds like that 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 sounds like it would fall under like Morpheus, just like the name. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. <You know what? laughs> but that's what's crazy. Like Enter into the Matrix, <laughs> dude. It's getting so nuts. So like convenience, right? right. So that's another thing too. Is right. like you look at. Uh, I was listening to you know Elliot Hulse. Yes, strength camp guy. So I was listening to an interview yep. by him, and he's like, dude, that guy is on a completely different level from compared to when I first started following him which he was like strong man power lifter just brute strength camp right just brute force like everything is just get after it go hard and now he's like running meditation retreats he's really into like yoga and wim hof and all these like really like mindset driven uh activities as well and he was talking about like the most simple stuff and i think like that's a great example of somebody who's been through every kind of evolution of what the industry has and his own personal body but then also how he coaches people and now he's revolting back to the simplest things right of just recommending walking right and like neat is like a huge movement right now so i think convenience and then also simplicity is really growing with inside the industry because at, at a certain point like you had to do the most absurd shit to get results and that's what again we go back to this generic and bullshit that's all over the media but that's what people believe and they also believe that being skinny or having ripped abs is what health is and, and i think people are finding right. that it, it's far from that um it doesn't mean you can't have abs and be healthy but it's there's a different approach of how to get there and maintain it versus people trying to crash course to get there so I see that. So let's take a, let's take let's take a, a different uh, perspective. So we we've talked about training both online and you know face to face. What gyms are going to look like? Um, nutrition. I'm interested to hear your because it's always evolving. I mean, just yeah. look at how the food pyramid has changed over the last even decade. What they were teaching us in school to how it is now. Um, where do you where do you think that that's going? I think that health is going to overrule. I see like it's crazy how these waves of things happen. But like, I mean, if it fits your macros exploded, right? 
And just like everything else, people took it way too fucking far. Like it started out as like, can I have an apple or broccoli? And it's like, okay, well, if it fits in your calories, that's cool. And then it got taken to a point, apple or Pop-Tart, right? And now they're trying to fit things in the calories. So it got to a point where people are starting to have serious health detriments. And the thing is, is I think scientists in the nutrition field in all these fields recognized this a long time ago. But the fact of the matter is, is the shortest study you could possibly do is eight weeks on this kind of stuff. And even if you do it for eight weeks, you have to pull the abstract, you have to review, you have to have people approve it within the science community. It takes so long for a study to get published that if it fits your macros, blew the fuck up before any of these studies can prove it wrong. And now all these studies are coming out that are showing like serious detriments to your gut health, to your microbiome, to um, like what gets passed on through your genetics to your kids from this stuff, to your Mm -hmm. brain health, to your performance. So like I think that calories in versus calories out is starting to fade away and health is starting to come in. Now, I believe that calories in versus calories out is always going to be the key, but I think it's it can be – To an extent. To an extent, exactly. And I think that if you – so like I'm a good example of this. I was very uh, into it, not necessarily if it fits your macros, but flexible dieting. And I still use that approach with a lot of clients because it does help. Um, But now it's – I've and just like everything else, I'm open to admit that things change in the industry and and I fell victim of that and I got to learn and go with the punches, right? So I've learned all these different – approaches and how health matters and blah 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 and, and now i'm going that way and i've never felt better in my life and i haven't gained a single pound but i don't track any macros yet right so i see if it fits your macros getting pushed down i see like just intuitive eating and in chasing health being more of a thing and i think that it'll be well more well accepted and i think that eventually people will be able to actually do it without going crazy because i think once upon a time it was like it was just so hard to follow without binging on the weekends or eating all this food. And it is hard to eat everything except processed junk. But at the end of the day, I think that to me, that's where the nutrition industry is, is kind of going. And I think we're going to cure right. a lot of fucking diseases and prevent a lot of harm because of it. Dude, no, no doubt. And I see, uh, you know, what is, is actually going to make a, a big, uh, a big difference is Amazon. So especially with Amazon fresh, and they just bought Whole Foods for $13 billion. So they just stroked a check for $13 billion. At the same time, like, they know where, like, Jeff Bezos is a fucking genius, right? Like, he knows where the attention's going. He knows that people are more health conscious now than ever. Yeah. And so he's going he's gonna to make it easier for people to get, uh, get access to Whole Foods and stuff. Know is going to be uh, more local, so man, I, I think that that's gonna that's gonna help people, and it's I think it's exactly what Amazon should have done, and like I'm I'm super pumped to see it uh, kind of you know play out, and who knows how long it takes? I have no idea. I, I don't know what their what their plan is, but I mean, just imagine getting you know fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff like that delivered right to your fucking doorstep and you don't yeah. really have to think about it and you can have it on automatic order and, and shit like that so drones flying it to your back porch and shit yeah but i think like <laughs> right. that's a good example too because like like you said like people are more health conscious now than ever but i think probably what like let's just use a rough estimate of like 1980 a lot of processed food started coming out. Like that was the big boom of like a lot of junk food, a lot of processed food, a lot of trans fat, a lot of sugars. 
And it took us almost 30 years of like developing more and more in like even tastier foods. Like some of the shit they create Mm -hmm. now is fucking insane. Like the flavors of Oreos and Pop-Tarts and Twinkies and all this shit that's out is insane. And I think that it took 30 years for people to finally start because that stuff in – Minimal doses isn't going to kill you, and I don't. But I think like after thirty years, peep the obesity rate went so high, and all these different diseases that are out now, and like the rate of people having diabetes, and the age that people are starting to have type one and type two diabetes is so young that people are finally being like, "Holy shit!" Like we got to do something about this. Now we're health conscious about it, and that's why I think the individualization of training is going to boom up more too because people are realizing that they need that as well. so I definitely agree and I definitely think that the the health side of things is going to improve. And I, I also see a big rise in entrepreneurs and business owners and very successful people diving into the nutrition and health industry. Yeah, I no see doubt. more and more people like Gary J. White and Tony Robbins and these huge names, even people like Rob Deerdeck and, and just big success, influencers. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like being more and more involved and more and more passionate about chasing their health. and. That also stems from a lot of studies coming out of how important this shit is for focus, right? Like I I recently have started intermittent fasting again and I'm only doing anywhere between 13 to 16 hours. It just depends on the day. Like I don't change my schedule for it, but I do skip breakfast and fast a little bit. And the amount of work I get done at a shorter period of time has actually been pretty crazy now that I'm like really starting to grow accustomed to that routine. And studies show like it helps with focus, mental clarity, memory, like – so it makes sense and I think more and more people are finally seeing the benefits of all these things and, and then kind of running with it. No doubt. I, I also think that, you know, I'm I'm so optimistic as far as, uh, you know, cancer, diabetes, obesity, childhood obesity and all that stuff goes. I, I think we're going to see uh, a major decrease um, in that stuff because of companies and and even I mean it just boils down to um, you know coaches and and how they approach their clients and again like we talked about guys are going to get and and women as well are going to get weeded out Um, and then you know there's going to be a lot of these real coaches who actually give a shit and then you you pair that up with uh, these companies who are starting to make a real change like Amazon and, and stuff like that on it um, who, who I guarantee, you know, these, these companies are just going to blow up precision nutrition even more than they already are and make a real change. And I think that people are going to be more aware. They're going to have more access than ever before. And they're going to have uh, more association to coaches and, and stuff like that. So I, I really believe that those diseases are, are going to, uh, are going to get hit in the fucking spine. And, and, you know, hopefully we see a lot more healthier people. Will, will it take, uh, it's probably going to take more than, you know, 10 years. Could we could be looking 20, 30 years, but I mean, look at, I mean, it, it takes a lot to reverse, um, the effects of processed food and what happened in, in, you know, the seventies and even sixties, right? Like yeah. I was talking to, I was talking to a client of mine, um, who asked me if my daughter was being breastfed and I was like, or like, what kind of question is that? Um, and she was like, well, you know, when I was a kid, it was very popular that like women, they told women not to breastfeed their, their babies. So a lot of, a lot of babies born in a, in a certain time period, uh, were just fed strictly formula. But I mean, look like that, those, those big companies are making a fucking killing yet, you know, 
our actual bodies. And then that's when you start looking at digestive issues in, in or, or, you know, our age who, you know, came up and then now young adults. Um, and now we're seeing, you know, different like cancers and shit pop up. Not saying that there's a direct correlation, but, um, you know, we're definitely a lot less healthy. Well, I think too, like when I would assume I'm not an expert on this shit, obviously, but I think that when a baby breastfeeds, there's going to be a hormonal response and, and there's going to be specific, I shouldn't say nutrients, but probably extracts of hormones and probiotics and bacteria and all these things from the, the mother's hormone system and gut health that they extract that helps them become who they're supposed to become. And when we have formula, we're missing out on a ton of that stuff. We might have all the vitamins as far as A, B, K, C, D, whatever, but like what else are they missing out on, right? And that we know that just from C-sections, right? Like C-sections are unhealthy because the baby can suffer from a lot of different immune responses. Um, and that's why they have preventative things if you have to go with a C-section now, like swabbing and everything like that. But the, I just think that – I think like paleo was a big kick for a while and I see a lot of those principles coming back across the board, not in the sense of like what foods they eat but in the sense of like the mindset behind like primal and the way things are supposed to be are the way things are always were versus trying to change everything trying to create modified versions or mimics of everything for convenience and for industries to make money in it's like let's go back to how like humans actually evolved and and utilize that right like i think i see more of that coming as well yeah i agree so one thing uh i mean we've been we can go on and on about this but i'm curious like with i mean me and you lately i would say have had a completely different perspective on not between me and you, but like from like my training right now, my nutrition right now, my focus behind both of those is far different than it was last year and way different than it was three years ago. And I'm assuming the same with you. Where are you at right now compared to last year with like your mindset and drive behind why you train and why you eat the way you eat? So I'm, as, far, as far as training goes, I'll start there because uh, I don't train nearly – as uh as long or as intense um as i used to um you know i I really had this uh sort of mindset i mean for you know years of just pushing my body to the absolute limit like i i was trying to reach my breaking point with each training session and um i mean look like my body adapted uh and you know, it did what it needed to do, which was put on muscle. And I put on a significant amount of muscle because I was pushing myself so hard. At the same time, um, you know, that that affect how I was eating. And, you know, I was I was really obsessed about uh, about my goals, right, which, you know, at the end of the day, weren't really that significant. Um, and, you know, I was that I necessarily shouldn't have, right? And again, like this kind of goes back to the whole calories in versus calories out sort of thing. Like, dude, like I could down a dozen fucking Krispy Kremes, no problem, and pancakes and all that different shit in the same day. You know, I could eat 14 uh, to 17,000 calories, no problem. Um, and which I look back on now and I'm like, Jesus fucking ridiculous like you don't need to eat that many calories you know and and how it affected me and my gut health and up until about five or six months ago when uh everything that i was eating my body 
kind of rejecting because it, it my digestive so then I had to start taking probiotics and you know I didn't I probably should have went to the doctor just to really make but because I don't want to I don't want to tell anybody like just do things on your own do as you should do your research get a second opinion I ended up taking probiotics I, I drink a greens drink um, and now I've switched my diet to about 70 percent uh, plants um, or vegetables fruits and vegetables and cut out a lot of kind stuff of like a side of side of meat yeah and i'm eating a lot less um red meat um, which is really hard for your body to break down um and uh you know i'm eating a lot more lean meat so a lot more fish and stuff like that which i love so it's not really a, a problem but uh that's where i'm at now my training sessions man i, I really just feel like look man like just move of the essence like you know i i've got a six-week-old daughter um, you know, I have her all all day from you know seven in the morning to uh, about one thirty p.m. and then I shoot down to the gym, get a training session in, uh, and then I work uh, or I'm, I'm I'm coaching clients for the next five hours uh, and come home, make dinner, and then hang out with my lady and my daughter, and then um, you know I'm to so it's it's a very it's it's simple and I I've tried to make it that way as much as possible you know it's 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 worked out for me but like my my goal isn't to be you know, 210 pounds anymore it's just to like man i, I want to make sure that i stay healthy um that my quality is is the best that i don't suffer from nagging injuries and stuff like that and i still stay productive so so this would be actually a good because i think this reminded me of something else I actually see as a trend in the industry is the acceptance of the long term versus having to get to a result so right. quick and people understanding that right. it does take longer and it takes longer to sustain it. So my question to you would be like, man, you put on a shit ton of muscle. Like there was a point where like you grew like within that course of that year, you blew the fuck up. It was pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. But you always, obviously there was back issues, joint issues, uh, digestive issues, yep. immune issues now. So would you say that – and this is a good example for a lot of listeners because I already think I know the answer. If you could take that one year and instead of going so fast track towards that goal, spread it out of the course over two away. years. Because yeah, yeah. I think that there's like, – like you said, like your body adapted. So I do think there's a time and a place to really fucking grind and push in the gym to the point where your body has no choice but to adapt and adapt quick so you can grow. But I think it's better off being a two-week phase and then you phase out of that and you do like a deload and then you do just maintenance where it's like you're not going balls to the wall and you do that for like eight weeks. Then you introduce yeah. a two-week intensity phase like and you cycle that over the course of the year. I would assume that you could get a lot of those same results without all the detriments. Yeah, no doubt. Especially, I mean, the big thing would have been joint health. Um, you know, I was I was doing major near like every fucking day. So it was like, you know, I was on a program, but I really wasn't on a program because I stuck to the program. And I, 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 I went from program to program for 18 months, I believe, 18 months straight with taking a – and for the people who are listening, it actually is good to take a break from programming like you know just hit just hit some regular movements you know push pull uh hip knee core and, and just focus on that you don't necessarily have to do uh you know four six or eight week blocks um and 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 really be on a program all the time 
Um, See, and I think but, it's actually good if you follow a program for like 12 weeks, I think is a very good amount of time because that allows your body to – it gives you enough time to actually progress a significant amount. And then yeah. I think the smartest thing is to take two to four weeks off like you said and just practice movements, maintain, have fun in the gym. Don't look at a piece of paper that tells you what to do for a little bit and then get back to it. But 18 months straight? <laughs> non, non-stop. That's, non-stop. That's and- excessive. And so, I mean, look, like I, I supplements, you know, creatine, beta alanine. I was taking, you know, a couple of different proteins, casein, whey. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I was on a really clean diet for uh, a long time. And you could probably remember me sitting on two fucking sweet potatoes a day, uh, rice. I was eating fucking steak. I mean, like, just like a beast. Um, but again, like for your body to kind of process that, that much food. And I don't think that people will really understand it was sitting just how much food I was eating in one sitting on top of protein shakes and stuff like that. Um, but again, like I was, I was on this program and I stuck to the program and let's say I was doing four days a week, um, you know, upper lower split, um, that kind of went out the window because on those days that I was supposed to be, you know, recovering, like, man, I remember going into the gym one day and it was like Luca, Hugh and myself. And we ended up doing a fucking uh, a bench press challenge. So 200, uh, 225 pounds on the bar. Uh, and uh, you had to get in 100 reps. Uh, what, I think it was 100 reps as, as fast as it did, right? And so 100 reps of anything, 100 reps of fucking push-ups is a lot, yeah. right? But, like, you get into heavy load, uh, that's certainly more than my body weight was at the time. And, uh, you know, fucking Luca ended up, like, tearing a peck. Um, you know, I was the first done at, like, and it, it took us, like, an hour and a half to get done. Uh, we did we did so many sets of deadlifts before that. I mean, it was just, like, the most ridiculous training set. We trained for six and a half hours. And then went and fucking, you know, just ate a shit ton of sushi. And then I, I went home and ate a sweet potato pie, like an entire sweet potato pie. And so doing things like that uh, affected how my body was recovering. And then um, so fucking not, too crazy, long, bro. <laughs> not too long after that, dude, I was like walking down a fucking walking down the street in fucking Miami on vacation and my back just locked up and I couldn't stand up, stand straight up for more than you know, a few minutes without having to put my hands on my, uh, just to get some relief. Um, so it, it's, it, it's things like that. And that, that really affected, um, you know, my, my whole learning curve too, man. Like, you know, again, like everybody kind of has like this stupid phase mine. I kind of like super char- supercharged my, my stupid phase, but then like it, it get, it got cut out real fast because I got hurt because, um, uh, digestive system was was affected i would became sensitive to certain things so i had to do all this research on how to recover um you know i I outsourced to a lot of different people um you know went to you for you know help with my nutrition um things to do things to implement things to cut out um and now it's kind of made me the coach that i am today which is a, a, a much smarter individual i like to think um but you know because i've been through it and i can see what people are doing before they even fully go through the process. Yeah, 100%. I think that's like actually a really 
like as bad as it is to go through those phases of your your personal training career i think it's very important as a coach to understand those things um and and i'm actually in a very very similar place as far as like what has changed for me because like one big thing i remember is a lot of people like luca and uh like hearing jason ferrugia and all these people that i looked up to that had 10 years on me that were saying like don't go to failure just wait do your mobility like you're you're gonna fuck yourself up and in my head it was just like dude like i feel fine like my joints are fine i'm young like it's all good and then it and then it hit me way earlier than it did a lot of those guys because i was arrogant to the fact that it was going to happen so for me it's the same thing like not going to failure training every day but training smart and just taking it chill like my training sessions are way fucking shorter um and i know that i don't need to go balls to the wall and then for nutrition again it's the same thing as we were talking about where i think the industry is going is i've just kind of slowly went more towards health just focused on like specific nutrients that are actually going to help optimize my hormones optimize my joints help my focus so i can actually produce for my business and that stuff has been a game changer but one thing i do want to bring up too is is the training program you and i just started beta testing for um for everybody listening we created a mind versus muscle training program that will be for sale in the future but we're kind of beta testing it right now and uh we're actually both on week one and that's one thing I noticed and that I liked when we sat down to create this program. I think both of our minds went to the same place of like, how can we produce the most strength and muscle with the least amount of detriment to our body and our health and our joints? And I felt that way when I was training it. And I don't know about you, but like, and I've only knocked out a few days. I got upper body day two um, that I'm going to get to here in a bit. Um, that was a game changer for me. So just, just the way we programmed, the way that that thing went. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm, and I haven't even been on a program uh, the last two months or so. I've kind of just been, again, like, like I said, like my entire life has changed. My how my day goes is completely different. So I've had to adapt, um, and it feels really good to be back in the program. We sat down, we mapped this whole thing out, um, and, and I'm excited to be because this is the exact, uh, this is the exact type of program that that my body loves yeah so i'm super excited about it it's 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 set to um not change but different variations from week to week um so we didn't make it incredibly specific like down to the exercise like you must do uh this um you know type of exercise every single day um or or every single week you can do different variations of bulgarians and stuff like that so for example i don't know how you did the bulgarians um on on the lower body rep day but um, I loaded it up with a Zercher bar, um, and so t- to get into a bit more of a, a front-loaded position, isolated with with a pump. So um, yep. again, we won't dive too much into the program, but it, things like that that I, I think that allow for a lot more freedom, which people need to really learn um, in order to really again, like we've talked about, being more intuitive with your bodies. It allows for that. Hundred percent, and it allows that individualization, right? Like, and I did the same thing actually, except we didn't have a zercher bar where I was training, so I did a front-loaded barbell. But same thing, like I know what works well for my body, um, so you mm-hmm. can constantly change it up. So we don't want to give too many details on that, but I think that's gonna. Let's, ca- let's say though, let's yeah, let's let's say though, really quick before we get off that, um, you know, the first people who are gonna have access to this are the people that are in the team page. Yeah, um, we got. We got 200 plus people in there right now. Conversations are flowing. Um, and, and you're just going to get more access. So if you haven't taken advantage already, 
man, add it, my, the Mind vs. Muscle team page on Facebook. Um, you can just request to be joined, and we, we're literally accepting everybody. So yeah. um, get it, take advantage of that as soon as possible, and you guys are going to get, um, you know, everything that we come through with uh, in the future is going to be launched there first. So it's going to get major, uh, major advantage by joining that page. And that's a wrap. All right. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.